Cougs house. Well, the Houston Cougars signed up to join the Big 12 to join a conference that went coast to coast and was a Power 5 conference. Little did they know they'd be getting a little bit of international flavor in joining the conference. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrews, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, the latest on the Cougs in your news feed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to YouTube channel. It's good to see the everyday are in you again. Uh, we are back here today talking more about U of H basketball today. Uh, I guess it also pertains to football some more than in a moment, but we'll make sure that you know we are giving something away every 250 subscribers. The next thing going away is this hat that I've got on, or one just like it, obviously. Uh, locked on on the side, Kook Paw on the front, right? All that kind of fun stuff. Uh, we're doing that at 1250. We are approaching 1150 right now, so make sure you hit subscribe down below so we get there, and then comment or like the video, preferably both, so we know you're entered. Uh, if After talking about University of Houston and Mexico and stuff like that today, it'll make sense in a second, I swear. Um, you have nothing else to say, just comment down below and tell us, how about this? When it comes to socks and shoes, if you can't tell I'm a shoes guy, do you start with the left one first or the right one first? All right, so in today's episode, we're going to talk some about this report to uh, about Houston moving to Mexico, or Houston getting to play in Mexico um, with the Big 12. The first segment is just going to be breaking down the report itself. Joseph Duarte did a great job of this, um, so I don't mean to steal from the Chronicle, but just kind of break down the odds and ends across the conference after reading what some other people wrote as well. The second segment is going to be looking at, like, what does this mean for the Big 12? Because I've got um, a hunch at something that they may be trying to do. Um, call it conjecture. Call it educated guessing. Call it reading between the lines. Um, and then the third segment, I'm going to talk some about what that basketball team that may get to play in Mexico looks like. So, yes, in the first segment, let's get to it. Um, the report on Monday – uh, in the course of the Big 12 spring meetings, is that Houston is one of the teams with the most interest and on the short list of teams in the Big 12 that will be playing a basketball game in Mexico as early as next season. That's right, the 2023-24 school year, looking to play basketball games in Mexico that season. Um, the conference does want to host, per Brett Yormark, regular season football and basketball games in the country of Mexico over the course of the next two years. Um, your mark has even gone through Mexico touring different facilities that could host um, Arena Ciudad de Mexico. Uh, that is in uh, Mexico City itself, obviously, but that seats about 22,000 people for hoops. Um, then Estadio uh, BBVA, I, don't, I think that's just the sponsor, um, is a 53,000 football or football stadium. Um, and it's like nicknamed the Steel Giant or the uh, El Gigante de Acero, right? Like it's a giant, giant football stadium. Um, the announcement could come by the end of literally this set of spring meetings as far as who gets to play where. I imagine that next year would be just the basketball games because the football schedule is already put out. See, teams have sold season tickets. And if you bought a air quotes home game thinking you're going to be playing it in Houston and then had to suddenly get an international flight to Mexico for it, right? That doesn't seem – so I'm assuming that the, the early – end of this is just basketball um but it is worth noting that this is the big 12 trying to expand that continued footprint this is a very pro sports move 
from Brett Yormark, who has pro sports background, right? We know about his background with Jay-Z and Rock Nation Sports and the Brooklyn Nets and all of those things. This is another pro sports kind of move as far as trying to grow the landscape of the Big 12. And I love it for Houston. Um, Houston and the state of Texas are very obvious and natural ties to our bordering nation of Mexico. Uh, growing the game there would help Houston as much as any school because, frankly, of the current Big 12 members, Houston is the biggest city in Texas, the fourth biggest city in the country, but it's a major media market in a state that already, A, inhabits a lot, inhabits a lot of Mexican immigrants and is adjoining Mexico itself. So anyone in Mexico trying to go to school in the States would be naturally more inclined to go to some of these bordering states as well, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of crossover there. I think the other thing is the Big 12, while it's grown some, you got to remember it like initially was a Texas-centric conference, right? Now, in the 2024 version of Big 12, you're going to have Houston, TCU, Tech, and Baylor. So it's just four. But initially, right, the goal was to have all these schools in Texas and adjacent states, right, pulling into it. And so I see the crossover and like interest there because Texas has such a big influence taking up so much of that Mexican border. The other thing that I think is interesting in this, too, is that, like, um, theoretically – all these neutral site games become recruit trips, right? If it's a big 12, you're like, well, why are you going to do these basketball recruit trips in Mexico? Except that Mexico's basketball program is actually kind of on the up and up as far as like growth and development goes. They're not competing for a world cup uh, FIBA title or a Olympic gold medal, but they did make their first FIBA world cup since 1974 this season, this year. And they, their U19, U18 and U17 teams continue to have, historic results at those levels right um this is continued growth of this in that country and frankly tv metrics indicate that basketball is the second most popular sport in mexico after soccer obviously um now it's a huge market basketball's on the rise their teams are getting better you've got to think that having this kind of deal and being able to tell recruits if you found some in this entire country mexico hey listen uh yes we're across the border but we could pull you into the University of Houston and we'll play two games in four years in your home countries. You know, I don't know if you're from Mexico City or not or whatever, right, in this instance. But that would be a big, big deal. Um, the other thing about this is that it would also bring in new fans and sponsors to all of these programs going back and forth. Um, you kind of see it the way that, like, you know, Ireland took, took over the Notre Dame thing once the Big Ten played a football game over there or whatever, right, Um I think those kind of connections are very, very real. I mean, it feels like in the NFL, like Jacksonville is more or less London's team, right? Like these kind of connections are easy to make. I say all that to say that the financial piece of this makes a ton of sense to me. And I don't see many drawbacks, especially, frankly, even if you're just recruiting American kids or kids from the city of Houston itself. Go into like, I don't know, go up to Katy or go over to... I don't know, channel viewer, go over to wherever and talk pulling kids in. Um, get in to tell them that you're going to play a regular season game with this kind of travel and this kind of experience is a recruiting tool in and of itself. Um, the other thing I think is interesting about this is like we've heard Brett Yormark for a while talk about the Big 12 becoming a coast-to-coast conference. That's why they keep talking about adding West Coast schools, uh, you know, the Four Corner schools, et cetera, to continue the footprint to go from – West Virginia, Cincinnati, and Central Florida, all the way over to that Pacific time zone. Adding in this international trip really does continue to grow the footprint of the Big 12 in a way that no conference can replicate, replicate, right? That's just not a thing that's commonplace anywhere else. Having a conference game set up like this is different than having like the occasional one-off 
Wisconsin-Notre Dame game, right? Those are not the same kind of instances. Um, it would be the first use of Mexico for its worth as a market like this in college sports. We've seen, like I said, a couple different uh, schools go to different countries, none to Mexico for the major revenue sports. The other part about this is that like other pro sports, baseball, uh, the NBA, the NFL have all done games in Mexico as well. I think just a couple years ago, that great Monday night game, right? Like we've had games in Mexico before. Um, very pro sports move out of, pack, of, pack, of Brett, you Mark and the big 12. But what I'm, I'm alluding to is my assumption is there actually might be some reading between the lines here about our buddies in the pack 12 that may be worth paying attention to. But first, let's pay attention to our buddies at FanDuel because it is time to make a fast break to the playoffs with FanDuel. That's because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, I currently, in my second screen over here, do have Philadelphia and Boston going back and forth, and that makes me long for the days that we did have one James Harden on the roster here in Houston. Um Tell me in the comments. Were you not a fan? Were you a fan? I, I was I was a fairly big fan. Um, but as I look across the NBA, what I think is really, really interesting here is that like we have kind of some series that like don't make a lot of sense in the sense that you have seven seeds and six seeds and eight seeds, and they got the Knicks favored by six and a half at home uh on whatever night is uh is that tomorrow night, Tuesday night, Tuesday night, yes, Tuesday night. Um, and looking at this, right, I understand playoff Jimmy is a real thing. I understand that they beat the Bucks in five games. I'm looking at this. I'm saying, okay, Quentin Grimes, I think, should be a little bit more ready to go, right, a couple days later. Uh, Julius Randles had a couple days to heal that ankle. I haven't seen any diagnosis or anything too crazy there. And it's the Garden, and they also have to understand, I mean, New York understands as much as anybody, that if they don't win that game, then, honestly, their season's over. Right? They're not going to win two games in a row in Miami either to try and even this thing up. Um my deal is at six and a half points, and does playoff Jimmy keep it closer than that? So I think I'm going to take New York at the money line, minus 270, but I think I'm going to take Miami to beat the spread there. I'm telling you do all those things, follow my advice or not, at FanDuel.com, because there's no better pay- place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You got a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. A. All right, so I think what's interesting in looking at this Brett Yormark talking about the Big 12 playing games, football and basketball in the country of Mexico is not necessarily how much sense it makes for the people in the conference now and next year, right? Um, obviously, that was what pertains to us. We're in the Big 12 in 2023 24 So things they're making to their schedule for that season seem to make a lot of sense. It seemed to, frankly, be very, very significant to you and I. But the other thing happening in all this is we're watching the Pac-12 somewhat fall apart. And I, they're losing their biggest money schools in UCLA and USC to the Big Ten. Um, they're trying to find their own TV deal and reeling. Um, they're piecing together money and depending on what report and what TV deal you're reading and this and the other thing, they're looking in the low twenties per millions of dollars per year. And the big 12 is going to be giving schools more like $31 million a year. Right. So we're at that gap. The other thing is like to make up that money, you're constantly seeing these schools do th- uh, the reports indicating the schools are going to get like CW money or ION money or, or whatever to make up the difference. And those networks are, Notoriously, not sports networks. Now, they're all trying to get into sports games, 
But at the same token, they're not currently going to like have the foothold for someone at like a U of Arizona or Deion Sanders and Colorado or whatever to like be like, oh, yeah, that's what we want to be a part of. Right. And so I have to say that I feel very comfortable saying that presidents of universities are looking to be like, do we really want to do this? Can we find something else? The other thing I think is very natural for these presidents of universities to be saying is like, look, it's at this point we're recording on May 1st, right? Like how long can we really wait for these deals? How long till we miss out on some other deal and waiting on this, right? Locked on Big 12 is doing a great job covering all this all the time. And frankly, I think locked on Pac-12, you can kind of see the writing on the wall themselves. Like Spencer's a great guy. We talked to him back when Oregon played Houston and basketball several months ago, right? Um, I think they kind of see the writing on the wall themselves over there. But add those schools in, right? Those schools, the Arizonas, the Colorados, the even Cal and Stanford, um, they all also would share a natural interest in the Mexico market. This leak is very clearly designed to get out on May 1st in a way that says, hey, over here, yeah, yeah, you see all that money sitting in Mexico that we can go get from a marketing standpoint? We're going to go get that, and you're along for the ride if you want to be. Right? That, that's exactly what this is signaling to all those schools. And to San Diego State, whom the Big 12 has reported, or reporters covering the Big 12 have said, was offered to either join one of either the Big 12 or Pac-12, and is kind of mulling over offers from both. This indicates to them, hey, that Mexico thing right there, just like an hour and a half south of San Diego, yeah, we're going to be playing our games. We're going to have games in that. You want to come be a part of this in that? And that would obviously tie in great detail to the kinds of things that San Diego State would want in their marketing campaigns going forward, right? For what it's worth, I think adding UNLV makes a ton of sense as well for the Big 12. And this would also play into their wheelhouse as well. I know Nevada does not border Mexico the same way that Arizona and California do. But for all intents and purposes, it's fairly far south and not far away from said border, right? Um, all that is to say that you could start seeing all of these states along said border realize, oh, wait a second, that that neighboring market that has, you know, ferocious sports fans be that are super avid about things and likes it like you know has these big stadiums already built in we can go use that to our advantage and the big 12 is already doing it so you could have houston play arizona and what feels like a rematch of that you know uh, sweet 16 game and that would be a ton of fun anywhere any neutral site as well and they'd be playing that in mexico going crazy like adding in the trip adding in all the the fun aspect of all that like that, that adds up very, very quickly. Um, I think this is a massive, massive recruiting tool for the Big 12 being intentionally leaked in a way that can go get those Pac-12 schools that would also have this shared interest. Um, the longer leap here <laughs> would be, is this some, you know, it, does Oregon and Washington, do Oregon and Washington, I should say, also share this interest do they have shared interest in getting back into the southern california market and how much of the southern california market ties itself to mexico for whatever reason right like how closely can they get to all of that and frankly if you're playing a game in western in the western half of mexico could you sell to a recruit that these big time games that we're playing over the course of your college career in the western half of mexico are closer to your hometown in some instances than playing a normal game up at oregon would be right um, 
I see this as a ploy to add the San Diego State and we kind of move them in one direction or the other. I see this as a ploy to potentially add UNLV, and we can talk at a later episode. Tell me if you want to hear more, but I am pro-UNLV, and I'd be happy to make that case later. So comment in the video if you want to talk about it later in the episode, because I, I do think that would be a fun one. Um, I think this is a ploy to get in Colorado. I mean, tell me Deion Sanders, I want to add that to his program. Um, I think this is a recruiting tool, not just for the schools in the Big 12 to go get kids to come sign on to be a part of these programs, but to other programs to sign on to be a part of this innovative, forward-thinking, creative Big 12, right? Um, we've already talked about your mark being creative in the sense that, like, in the 2031 deal, he's talking about doing a basketball and uh, football separate TV deals and all of these kinds of things that he is trying to do that are different from the way the rest of the Power 5 or soon-to-be Power 4 potentially conferences will go. Um, I think that this is intentionally leaked in a way that helps – continue to spin the ball in that direction. Um, I, I would look forward to Houston and the San Diego State team that was just in the national championship game playing a game in Mexico City. Um, frankly, it would be really, really cool to go get to watch them play in like Puerto Vallarta, right? Like like going across the, con- the co- uh, country as well. Um, I, I will say, though, that like it's interesting in growing American football in these places, Right. Um, That almost not that it's that has more question marks for me because I know the NFL has played games there to try and grow the game from a fan perspective. Um, The NFL is a very big brand that will never fail. It feels like right. The the no fail league. Right. Um, I, I don't know that college football has that stronghold. I'd be interested to see what the return on investment is in that initial two year window. Right. If you play four big 12 games there over the course of two years, what does the TV revenue, what is the gate, what is the pull, like, what does it pull back to the universities? And if it's worth it, I say push it to where every team gets to play there. And if it's not, I say it's a good two-year experiment. Let's keep playing basketball, right? Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I will say that one thing I think people do have to keep in mind in doing this is that Houston's basketball team, wherever they're playing, whatever country they're playing in, will look different next season. And I think it's time to get into that a little bit in the third segment. So let's get to what next team will look next year's team will look like because a video hit Instagram. Um, you know, these the program leaks these kind of videos of workouts all the time to kind of show you, you know, a content and B, what's kids are working on. But one that struck stuck out to me or struck me differently was um on Monday, Kellen Sampson was uh seen in the workout video thing that posted on Instagram working with one Juwan Roberts. Um, as he does, right? Because Kellen works with the big guys. That's not the weird part about this. But <laughs> Kellen Sampson was working with Juwan Roberts out at like the perimeter and catching and shooting jump shots and sh- jump shots off the dribble and dribble moves from the perimeter and a lot of, frankly, stuff we haven't gotten to really see Juwan Roberts do. Now, some of this I do think as a coach is you're putting more tools in the kid's bag than they may ever need. That's the way That's the way to coach skills, that that. You can criticize me if that's not how you would do it. That's how people do it, right? But I also look at next year's roster and wonder if it's like, are we going to see Juwan Roberts asked to do those things in different ways, right? And they're just already putting in the work on it and developing it right now. Because if I were to draw up next year's starting five right this second, I would have to start Juwan Roberts at the power forward spot. I loved his passing at the power forward spot last season. Um, and I think that's the natural slide for him. But in looking at the roster, they have so many bigs 
and I think he's the only one that can naturally play the power forward spot, that he's going to have to go do it. Um, that means that the center spot is kind of up for grabs. I We got a plug right here that Javier Francis was a highly tatted recruit. Um, he is 6'9", but makes up for his what he lacks in size and height with a crazy, crazy, crazy positive wingspan. Um, and you'll remember that like his permanent impact in terms of points, rebounds, blocks was tremendous. Uh, he would have like games where he had like 11 minutes, nine points, three blocks, 10 rebounds, like just crazy, crazy tips and stuff like that. Um, that might be a little exaggerated, but you catch my drift, right? The bigger deal for him as a sophomore last season, really Samson referred to him as a freshman a lot for a number of reasons. The bigger deal for him is really to me more about um, the foul trouble. He would get in that same 10 minute span, three fouls, right? And I think you can grow out of that, but I also don't want to coach the aggressiveness out of him and try to make him grow out of that. Um, I'd, I'd rather just have more fives on the board. So I went and looked at the transfer portal window today. Um, there are a couple of interesting 6'10 taller guys out there still available. Um, Darius Miles is from, not the same Darius Miles from the Clippers, right? Darius Miles that is now Western Kentucky. He's 6'10, 250, originally from South Oak Cliff. Um, he's a transfer portal, and indications look like he's trying to get back to the state of Texas. I don't know if he's like, quite a Houston big guy yet. Um, looks like he's still got some raw talent stuff to work through, but you feel me on that. In a similar vein, Connor Kern is a 7-4 big fella from Texas A&M Corpus Christi, uh, Corpus Christi originally from Prosper. Um, now, I say that to say that at 7-4, I think that's just like raw glue you can work with in a lot of ways, right? Um, so I would see how that works out if I'm Houston. Um, again, he's from Texas. I imagine he wants to stay in the state of Texas. He's at Corpus Christi. Um, so like, you know, take that as you may. Seven foot four, though, I'd work with it. Um, so Lemayne Dumbaya, Dumbia is from TCU. He's a seven footer. Um, you know, one getting the clock there. I don't have a whole lot of, couldn't find a whole lot of stuff on him on the internet as far as Googling stuff and you looking up film on YouTube. So if you know something about him, please put it down. Um, Jermaine Webb is a seven footer from American University, went to Montverde, um, which is one of the basketball academies in the state of Florida. He does have tape out there. He's a pretty good athlete for a seven footer. Um, from Denmark originally, uh, picked up basketball kind of late in life. So interesting to see where he goes. Again, late in life picking up a basketball, though, might indicate that like Houston's development system, we've seen the way they work bigs before. Like that might be a good spot for him. Uh, especially because he's a seven foot athlete, like a fairly strong athlete to me. Um, the big couple, though, the big three, as far as like guys still out there that Houston could realistically go get if they wanted to. Um, I guess the furthest from maybe happening that uh, Efton Reed is seven foot at Gonzaga. He was originally at LSU, transferred to Gonzaga, is now looking to transfer again. He is an IMG kid from uh, Virginia. I would say he is a true five. Um, he, was the kind of guy that had pro looks at a high school, looked like, looked like he might be a one-and-done kind of guy and has taken longer to develop, I think, that people realized. Um, could he see what Houston has done with the Reggie Chaney's or the Tajay Moore's or other tall, long, athletic types and say, oh, I can go get it, be a piece of that, right? Um, the other thing I'll say is, is that as a tall, long athlete, you know, it's nice to have those around, right? You're going to kind of have a, a yin and yang with him and like the girthy size and strength of uh javier right um the kid i like a lot from atlanta texas is i guess he spent his year at kentucky and is looking to transfer uh two years at kentucky is damian collins houston recruited damian, Coll damian collins heavily out of high school um he was on one of the best AU teams in the country that year um 
high, high level athlete at six foot nine. Um, he didn't stick at Kentucky because I don't think they could figure out what they wanted to do with him. They had a handful of like more traditional seven foot, seven one centers, including one that may go pro. And I just don't think he's actually a power forward. And they tried to play him at the power forward spot some, right? I think he's a six nine athletic center. And I think Houston wanted to play him as that. If you go back and look at how they recruited him out of high school, um, this would be something more akin to playing Juwan Roberts, but with more bounce down there, right? I think that's okay. We've seen what Houston does with undersized centers in the past, and that's a big, big deal, and that would go really, really well. Um, he was a five-star kid at high school. I think people think he could really, really go pro at the power forwards, but I just don't know if that's going to be where his position is sticking. The last guy that I think Houston could realistically get is a kid out of Or Roberts uh, named Connor Vanover. He is seven foot five. We saw him play last season. He's a rim defender, averaged over three blocks per game. Start off as an Arkansas kid, University of Arkansas kid, originally from the state of Arkansas. I don't imagine he wants to go back to the University of Arkansas, having already played there and left for whatever reason. Got his minutes at Oral Roberts. And again, was very, very productive in them, a 12 and a half point score, all those kinds of things. Houston also got to see him up close and personal when they played Oral Roberts. You know, Samson, he said about Damian Dunn that he liked seeing kids like that up close and personal. Even if they were from a smaller school, you got to see and scout them. I wonder if Connor Vanover is the next one of those to come. Houston does have that spot left in the roster to fill. Um, I would imagine you could see that happen. Um, if you've got other names you want me to look at, I'm looking at film all the time, and I, I'm always asking people for more than what's just on YouTube. So if you got something, tell me a name down below. We can go look that guy up. We'll be talking all things Houston Cougar uh, basketball and what else is happening in the transfer portal later this week. More stuff on football as well as things continue to spin in that transfer portal <laughs> throughout the week as well. Hopefully we don't have any more guys stolen by Colorado. Um, we got a great baseball team we got to talk about at some point. I'm working with some guys to have people come on to talk about them as well because uh, college baseball is not necessarily my wheelhouse. I like the Cougs, so I'm going to watch, watch and root for the Cougs. I just, I'm going to bring on more people to talk with me about that that follow it on a more day-to-day -day basis. So we'll be talking all things Houston Cougars here in each and every day. So make sure you follow and subscribe down below. You can also talk to me about these things at Painsworth 512 That's P-A-I-N-S. W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, and all of your social media handles. We have to talk all things Cougs. Rockets, Astros, the Texans had a great draft, including one Tank Dell. Um, all those kinds of things. So make sure you follow me down below. Be ready to talk about it. If you're the very second listen of the day today after making us your first, first of all, thank you. Second of all, let me tell you to go listen to Locked On Big 12 because Josh covers all of these things and more and looks at the conference landscape and all the shifting that's happening in a very, very fun way. So make sure you check that show out as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Locked On Cougs is a proud member of Locked On Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.